Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Your host for today is Chad Harris, my dad, who played football all through high school. Hello, friends and fellow investors. Today, I am going to go through some questions that I've received over the last couple weeks. And I always appreciate hearing the questions, knowing what uh, you all are interested in learning more about, and I'm glad to answer them. So I figure if one person or two people are willing to send this question in, other people probably have it too. So I'm going to cover, uh, we have about seven or eight of them real quick. I'm going to cover them and uh, hopefully it benefits everybody. All right, so number one, this was uh, from a client recently. How do you determine how much interest to offer when you're um, presenting the opportunity to a private lender? He was thinking that maybe he had to offer 10% or more. And from anybody who's heard me talk, I started at 10% and I had the mindset that I needed to offer this high interest rate to interest the private lenders so that they would want to lend me money. And there was one private lender I was meeting with and I was trying to work down to 8%. And so I was giving him two offers. You know, he could either earn 10% like before, or if we structured it a little bit differently, I would pay him 8%. And I was trying to incentivize the 8%. And he kind of stopped me in the middle of it and said, 8% is enough. 8% is a fair return. And it occurred to me from that discussion that for people who are used to comparing investments, a very high interest rate equates to high risk. And a lower interest rate or return equates to low risk. So when we're pitching um, to potential lenders, if we're offering 10, 12% to a lot of our lenders, that sounds like it's a risky investment. Why would someone pay that much interest unless there was risk involved? And if we offer 7%, that sounds like a low risk investment. So I started at 10 and then I dropped to eight shortly after that dropped to seven and do six or seven. Now, Uh, Depending on the situation, I would recommend you start at seven. When you pitch a 7% interest rate, most of your potential lenders will hear low risk. And uh, that's the way you should structure your deals is low risk. So um, that's how I would do it. So uh, another one was how much do you aim to make per door? And this one You know, this is kind of all over the map. Everybody has a different scenario. I try to aim for two or 300 cash flow per door. So, but um, you know from other things uh, that I've presented that cash flow can completely fluctuate depending on your financing. So usually the uh, net income that you get from the property, that might be fairly consistent and may not change, it'll fluctuate a little bit on your management and maybe uh, the services that you offer, you can increase your gross, which affects your net. But the biggest effect to cash flow is going to be your financing. 
So if you get financing on a short-term amortized payment, it's going to be very little cash flow. It's all going to go to the payment. If you have financing that's interest only or no payment, then your cash flow is going to be a lot better, even though that asset's exactly the same. So I think you can structure your deals differently depending on what you want. If you just need cash flow quick, I would do... Uh, look for a lender who's using retirement funds or funds from a retirement account. And I would just structure those deals with interest only payments or no payments uh, for a year or two. And then you're going to refinance it into interest only payments. If you're looking to build equity in your properties and you have cash flow from somewhere else and that's not your concern, then I'd put those on amortized payments and try and pay them down real quick. So really depends on where you're at. And I've fluctuated over the years too. Sometimes I try to pay things off quickly. Other times I try to stretch it out. And uh, I just think that's natural. Right now I have a tendency to stretch things out. So what are my ideal deals? So what deals would I love to see come across uh, my desk, and then I would jump on. And I have two um, deal types of deals that I just love. Number one is a Burr deal with private money, and I'm going to buy it and rehab it at less than 60% of the ARV. So that means that I'm going to buy it and rehab it, and if it's a $100,000 house, I'm only going to have to have spent at the most 60000 so that means after I rent it, we'll eventually refinance it. But when I rent it, I'm going to structure that deal so there's no payment because we're so low loan to value being 60% of the ARV. I'll structure that so there's no payment. So I have a really high cash flow for a year or two. And then when I refinance it, I'll change that financing. So the loan to value will go up from 60% over that first year or two. And then I can still refinance it at 70% loan to value, get all my money back out or all my money plus more. And I had two years of amazing cash flow. So that's one way I really like. The other way I really like is owner financed occupied buildings with low money down. So I've been successful in buying properties that are occupied and I train those new residents and fit them into our management system. And so when I've been able to get owner financed uh, properties that are already occupied and I don't put very much down, we schedule the closing shortly after the first so the prorated rent and the deposit comes out of uh, the money down. And so usually I have to put very little money down. The seller finances the deal and there's no work on the property. It's already rented. I just have to train that new uh, tenant into our system. So those are my two ideal types of deals. Um, what are the target numbers that I look for in my entire portfolio? And this is something new, probably the last year, year and a half that I started looking at my portfolio as a whole. I used to just look at it deal by deal. 
and uh, now there are certain metrics I try I target for the whole portfolio. So this is my target, my ideal numbers would be that my net income is 60% of my gross. So that means after expenses, I would still keep 60% of the money that came in. That's high, kind of the, the norm is about 50%. And I am nowhere near 60% right now, but that's my target, what I'm working to. And then, uh, I use a debt service coverage ratio to have a metric for financing. So the net income or NOI is the metric for gross income versus expenses. And then debt service coverage ratio compares the amount of net income NOI to debt payments. So how much of my net income goes to my debt service. And so my target for that is to so after I uh, have my expenses on my property and have the net income and my salary is in that, has already been taken out in that net income, then the income that is left, I only want about half of that to go towards uh, debt payments or loan payments. So in an ideal scenario, just for ballpark figures, let's say, if there was 100000 in gross income, my target is to, after expenses, keep 60000 in net income. And then half of that is going to go to my debt service. So 30000 would go to mortgage payments and 30000 uh, would be kept as cash flow. And my DSCR isn't quite at two yet. Um, it's close. But those are my those are my target numbers over the next couple of years. Okay, what is uh, a good return on investment, or what is a good deal? That was kind of the way it was phrased. What's a good deal? And I know at a lot of uh, investor meetings, people who are trying to get into real estate or just learning about it, a lot of times they ask, "Hey, I saw this house. Is it a good deal?" And really, that is up to you as an investor to define what a good deal is because some people buy for cash flow some people buy for appreciation some people buy for depreciation and they want the write-off to shelter other income and so it really there is so much flexibility in there it's hard to just say that's a good deal or that's a bad deal so there are you know some metrics people use you can uh, say one percent that the rent should be one percent of the purchase price that's a real common one which means you know if you have a hundred thousand dollar house then the rent monthly rent should be one thousand dollars so if you have a one hundred thousand dollar house and the rent's only 850 then by that one percent rule you would say that's a bad deal and some investors fluctuate that 1% rule. They say they want it to be a 1.5 or, you know, some say two. And really, it is up to you to determine what your criteria is going to be. What's going to make it a good deal. And another one is the cash flow per door. So some people uh, just want to hit $100 per door. Some people want 200 
And it really just depends on the types of deals you're doing and how you structure those deals. So um, another question was, what is the benefit of a mastermind? So a mastermind is um, where different people meet weekly. It can be in person or it can be virtually with a conference call or, um, you know, everybody's familiar with Zoom uh, where you can do the video conference call. And you meet each week and each person, there's one uh, moderator and each person kind of shares what they've been working on, uh, what successes they've had, what struggles they've had. And everybody in that group can try to help with not only solutions to the problems you're having or as you know, a member of the group would be having, but um, the group can help celebrate successes or victories and the group definitely holds you accountable. So if you say you're going to uh, knock off these tasks or complete these goals in a set period of time and you don't, then there is that uh, public accountability uh, where they'll ask you why you didn't do it. So that's what a mastermind is. It's great for sharing from the experience of many people. It's great for accountability and it's really good for giving structure um, if you're, you know, a lot of times real estate investors are kind of on their own, working individually, and uh, the mastermind's a, a time when you can come together and share what you're doing, get some feedback. And then the last question, uh, which was a great question, it was about, I believe it was uh, the episode four, where I talked about transactional real estate or real estate investing and that real estate investing was something that was long term that you weren't going to make a ton of money overnight or in a year basically um, which transactional uh, real estate you do make chunks of money quickly right so um, if you're not completely sure what that's a reference to you can jump back and listen to episode four so his question was is it too late to start or when is it too late to start? Is there a point in life where you say, you know, I missed my chance. Um, real estate's a long investing is a long term game and I I don't have that much time left, let's say. And I would say that no matter what period of life you're in, no matter what stage your life of life you are in, the best day to start is today, right? Whether you are 55, 65, 25, um, we can only control what we do today. And the best time to start is today. Likewise, none of us, no matter what age we're at, are guaranteed a set number of years forward. And so we have little control on how many uh, years we have left. Um, and so we, we need to just make the best use of our time now. And if you heard our the last episode, um, Jeff, he had a, a great story about how his motivation came when he thought he didn't have that, mu that many years left. So it, uh, carpe diem, the best time to do it is today. Seize the day. No matter what stage in life you're at, seize the day, make your life extraordinary. You can build your dream life. You just do it one door at a time.
Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey. Oh,